Daddy. You're my girl, Henley. <laughs> what, what's this language that you speak of? Miss Will you me, teach me? Hello, everybody. I'm trying not to put on my announcer voice today. We just had therapy, but uh, <laughs> and we talked about this. But welcome yes. to Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Round number two. Yeah, we uh, actually did this already. And do you want to tell them or do you want me to, Doug? I could tell them. So to make a long story short, as Jamie always says, both of our recording avenues that we usually record these podcasts on, both of them crapped out. Needless to say, the whole entire introduction that we had recorded for you to hear wasn't usable. And we are now doing a take two. Which the second time is always better anyway. Yeah, let's be honest. But we first we had to stop for a hot minute because we had couples therapy. And I have to just, I mean, I don't think she does not listen to our podcast, but I'm giving a shout out to our couples therapist because I almost would go out on a limb and say that I think she saved our marriage. I would say so. I mean, we were so close to like talking about that big D word. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess we were actually talking about it, but not like for real. Like I didn't really want that. I just, I just wanted to fix things. Yeah. It was toxic and we didn't know how to fix it. Yeah. And really the therapist gave us the tools to fix it, but also just really gave us such a revelation on what we were doing to each other. And literally we were trying to be parents, husband and wife, friends, homeowners, business owner. And we were doing all of this and trying to do everything, just make each other's everything, check every box, everything. She basically said, what you're doing is impossible. Yes. And that was the first time we ever heard that. And also it was the first time we ever heard that you can't count on, I mean, this is going to sound like you're going to be like, this is a no brainer. Come on, Jamie and Doug, like you didn't know this, but like you can't count on one person to like be your everything. And the truth of the matter is I didn't even think I would like probably say that American culture does count on what you do think your husband or your wife should be your everything. And obviously in a sense they should, but you truly shouldn't count on one person to be your everything, whether it's your parent, your child, your husband, your wife, because not one person can fill all the boxes. They will never be able to completely fill your cup. Yeah. And it's not saying anything bad about whoever you're with or the relationships, but that's just life. That's people. Yeah. It's impossible to do. And that was something that we realized. Yeah. I mean, we realized a lot. And I actually, so we had this couples therapy chat I was in the car because I had a doctor's appointment and Doug was, I think you were at home. So we did our therapy since I had to, I had to go to the doctor's appointment. So I was in the car and afterwards I had like a little bit of time to just like decompress what just happened. And I literally just opened up my phone and I hit the voice memo and I just recorded just mostly so that I could like kind of like document what I just heard. I I wasn't able to take notes and I was like, gosh, she just all the advice that she gave us was just so helpful. And it was all such a revelation. Like, like I said, obviously it's a no brainer. You can't count on one person to do everything for you. Like if you were to ask me, you know, if I count on one person to do everything or if I should, I'd be like, no, of course not. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, is that both Doug and myself, we were both counting on each other to do absolutely everything. And not only just that, but like venting to each other. And so I don't know, we just like our therapist helped us immensely. And so I just, 
I had a little bit of time before my appointment. I just like opened up the voice memo and I literally recorded it knowing that A, I want to document it and like have like my own reminders, but B, I wanted to share it with you because I know that, you know, you listening, because I know that there are a lot of people who can probably relate to what we're going through, which sounds really, really weird. And like, I kind of like, I'm hopeful (laughs) that you're like, yes, I do understand. Either that or we're just... Or we're just crazy and weird and that's true too. But like, no, but I feel like not everybody has access to a therapist and not everybody's willing to be so transparent and raw. And I'd be willing to bet that the pandemic led to a lot of this. Oh my gosh, same. Not being able to see people or not being able to have access to people to vent. I mean, you have no idea what, I mean, just even going from life and every day, even in an office to just being home, like what a transition and it can get toxic if you're not on top of it. Yeah. And like sometimes you're not even aware of it. So needless to say, I opened up the voice recorder and I just hit play and just spilled all my truths, knowing that A, I wanted it, like I said, to be documented, but also that I wanted to share it with you listening in case it might help you out if you're struggling with any relationship or you're just struggling by yourself. It's not may not be, even be a relationship and you can't identify what is constantly weighing you down and whatnot. This episode, I think you're really, really going to like. Please let us know. We do want to give, of course, a five, five-star five shout out to our girl. Yep. So this one comes from Baby Girl 7 who says, absolutely inspiring. Jamie and Doug are absolutely inspiring. There is no better way to say it. Their willingness to share their life and support others is truly changing lives, mine included. Thank you for being yourselves. So loved. Exclamation point. Thanks, baby girl. So That's sometimes what I call Henley. Yeah. We call her baby girl, Henley girl. Mm -hmm. Hey, my girl. Gracie girl. My girl, my boy. I call (laughs) Hendrix my boy. No, I was going to say, rewind like 20 seconds ago and the announcer voice came out. (laughs) Yes. It's so funny because I can always, and if you've listened to the podcast long enough, I feel like you're going to know what I'm talking about (laughs) when Doug puts on an announcer voice. And he does that like even when we're talking to the therapist sometimes. And so she's like, well, what do you like? This is just a random um, <laughs> like example. But she'll say, what do you mean if it feels like there's a wall? But I'm like, well, sometimes Doug talks with like this announcer voice and it doesn't feel like it's from the heart. It feels like he's like a radio host or like uh, I spill all of everything on the podcast mostly. So that's yeah. what maybe it is. Yeah. And so she was like, well, do you think that maybe it's because your life is under a microscope? And I was like, oh, well, that could probably be it. Like he like does feel like he is, you know, sharing with many people because we are, which I. You know, what's weird is like in person, though, I really don't care. Like, I don't feel like I'm under a microscope in public. Honestly, me either. Like just like maybe it's maybe it's talking or just the way that like sales. I mean, even. While we were in therapy, she had asked if I if I got emotional or had like a man to man talk with my dad or if that was kind of the culture. And it wasn't like a man woman thing. It was just that, you know, being the oldest, uh, I don't know. I just I had so many outlets to escape, you know, and I really didn't have to deal with too many emotions. Uh, I just got so great at avoiding them, and. Even now, like my brother is one of the most emotional people ever. My, <laughs> That's true. My sister is, some would say, an emotional roller coaster. Hey, I listen. Mean, but I'm gentle. just saying, I didn't have that in me. I didn't do that growing up. I didn't do that really even with my friends. And so I just, that's even going through sales and just being someone that had been in the spotlight and everything. You, 
not like I feel like I'm on, but like I, I'm careful and I know what to say in a crowd. I know how to blend in. I know how to kind of just really just be versatile. Um, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, and to sum it all up, Doug knows how to say what you want to hear. So for example, she asked us, there was something about this book with four horsemen. And if you've ever read the book on marriage, I don't remember what the title is, but it's about these four horsemen and they come into your marriage. And she recommended us reading this book. And I was like, I got 10 books I got to read. <laughs> like that'll be on my list. But and there was one thing I took away from the therapy session. And it was the four horsemen because it directly related to our relationship. Yeah. And so she asked us at the top of the, this is not recorded because this was just like random talk, but at the top of our session, she asked us how we've been doing this last week. And so Doug goes, yeah, well, you know, the four horsemen. No, it's not. That's that's <laughs> totally not how it happened. First of all, she said the last session we talked about this book and we talked about just the four horsemen. And that was something that stuck with me. So any time that I would answer a question and try to just reiterate what she was saying, this was a way because I took this away from the session. And I said, the four horsemen, like, I, I don't feel like we've been critical of each other. We haven't put any each other in contempt. What that was often. stonewalling? The no. Horsemen? So then it was defensiveness and then stonewalling at the end. You know, so she was the one that brought it up. I was answering it in a way that would relate to her and relate to us. Yeah, but, but essentially, he definitely got like that. If you rewind back to when he first <laughs> shared about the review, he right. got that radio host type like announcer voice when he was talking to to the therapist. And so <laughs> to me, that feels like like imagine your husband having like talking like that or like you're someone you're really close with and then they get this like announcer voice on and you're like I don't realize that I do I know you don't and I don't mean it and it is truly not but I could see how it could come off as like showy or presentation like and not seem genuine it just doesn't it just like puts a a wall up preventing intimacy because like I am I mean I don't know it's something really interesting where I don't have boundaries and I've always been around just like a slew of emotions and whatnot. And so the therapist was talking about that, like how I grew up like without having any boundaries Just and people that were emoting, all, emoting over all over the place. And so that's like normal to me. And so it is very, very normal to me to share my emotions and to like not have boundaries, which of course isn't always healthy, but needless to say, like I don't ever have a presenter voice on for the most part, because I'm like, I've, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know how to do and that. I don't judge her for that. And I feel like I shouldn't be judged for. Yeah, you're that. definitely, I'm definitely not judging you. I'm saying that the issue with when you put up that announcer voice and you're talking is that it puts a wall up because I feel like, well, I don't feel like you're you're giving me a heart to heart right now. I don't feel like I'm getting your innermost raw moments because I know the difference. I've heard the difference like in our relationship. And honestly, this podcast has been so helpful because yeah. it, it forces us to sit down and have a chat with each other or at least with someone else. And it really has helped me get to know you more. And so, I mean, now everyone listening. I know myself more. Yeah, but like everyone listening, I feel like if you when you listen, now you're going to you're going to be able to like catch on when Doug puts on this announcer voice and when it's like you can tell when he's just like in the moment. It doesn't mean that I'm not being genuine. No, it really doesn't. It just means that he's aware. I think that what it means is you're aware that someone's sometimes when we're talking, you can kind of forget that there's ever there's anyone listening and then we're just talking like literally from the heart and then mm-hmm. when some then like times when we're like oh yeah we're talking to you you listening you know through your earbuds or however yeah. you're in your car and then it's like 
I was always embarrassed, and I, maybe not, I guess it would be embarrassed, but my mom was the type of person that would be in line at a grocery store or buying clothes, and she would talk loud enough so other people would comment, you know, like <laughs> just even out there like, oh, these kids, oh, give me, buy me, take me, these kids, all like just screaming so other people could comment or relate or listen in or whatever. And I just, I was, I never wanted to ever be the person that would talk loud enough so others could comment or just pay attention to me. Same thing with like fighting with somebody or just, you know, like talking too loud about anything really. So I think that a little bit of that had come out too. Yeah. yeah because, yeah, yeah. you know, like I am, usually I'm always aware of my surroundings and I just... Some things that we would talk about if people are around or listening, like, yeah, I would just speak in that way. Yeah. So needless to say, and you say your mom used to talk like that. I mean, she we, still does. We yeah. literally went for a walk with Super Bon Bon. That's what that's what we call Bonnie. We went for a walk yesterday in her development <laughs> and there was a new neighbor with a new dog. And I mean, his mom, Bonnie, she was... Do you remember the dog's name? Winston. Winston, that's right. Yep. It was a beautiful golden retriever. Yeah. And our kids were walking her dog, Dottie. And I mean, we stopped for probably 10 minutes talking to this new neighbor with... And his dog's name was Winston. And he's <laughs> coming over for Thanksgiving. And yeah. The best part though, and Jamie, you weren't around for this one, but he was wearing his like retired military type shirt yep. and it had like wings and a gun and everything else. And the only thing Henley says to him when she's next to him and I'm standing right there, she goes, oh, I really love your shirt. <laughs> Our daughter said yeah. that? Henley said that to this man. And I'm looking up and it's got like just US military. It's got like guns and everything else what? on it, like a retired vet. It was just so funny because she... <laughs> I don't know what she saw, but she was. Just, she never says like, "I really like your shirt." The only time she ever said that was when she saw me in a tie. Like, I really like this. Yeah. yeah she said she really liked the guy's shirt. Maybe because it had. I think it had an eagle on it too. Yeah. So yeah. maybe she like she does like eagles. <laughs> but anyways, so needless to say, Bonnie's still like that, and it's affected Doug forever. But when he puts mm -hmm. on that announcer voice, I'm like, it instantly puts a wall up with me because I'm like, it doesn't feel so truthful. It seems like he's like putting on a show or saying what you want him to hear or giving the right answer because like back to like this four horsemen and this book that our therapist recommended. I was paying attention. He was like, the horseman stonewall, that hasn't happened. So I think we've had a really good week. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, we definitely have. And so you hear what that's what you said. No, Something about stonewalling and horsemen. Exactly. You don't you don't know what I said. Well that's because I you put a wall up and then oh, or I, I put a wall up. Yeah. I don't know. I think you put your glasses on and just heard what you wanted to hear. Maybe, but like so then <laughs> And so that's where we would have a disconnect before because I would be like, you're just saying what everyone wants to hear. Right. And then he'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm allowed to talk how I want to talk. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are, but it doesn't seem real. And right. so our therapist- and How do you come back from that? Yeah, exactly. So our therapist is awesome because she's like, okay, well, Doug, maybe the reason that you have this presenter voice is because of the way you were raised or whatever. And mm -hmm. Jamie, it's understandable that- like, So she kind of like helps us identify- why we are the way we are and how we tick. And it doesn't, you know, and neither one of us. so simple. Yeah, it really seems so simple, especially mm. now that we're talking about it. But yeah. do you ever have this problem? Those of you listening, do you ever have this problem with anybody in your life? The I don't defensive know. horseman would come out a lot. Stonewalling. Speaking of stonewalling, no. 
<laughs> Anyways, no, I really wanted to jot down some notes from this therapy session for you listening in hopes that it will help you if you have, you know, anything, but also just to help myself, not going to lie. <laughs> I just wanted to remember. So we <laughs> well, will actually, share that. Yeah. Actually, before we get to that though, Jamie and I did start something for a couple of weeks now where you guys can send in a voice memo with questions, whether it's through a DM or through Instagram, you can email teamjamie at jamieotis.com, but send us a voice memo, which you can record on your phone. And we want to play your question yeah, on the air just... and then answer it. Because like Jamie said, even last week, we do want to get to know you guys. And one of the ways, instead of reading out a comment or reading out your questions is to actually play you on the podcast. So yeah. We and to like hear your voice and interact with you. Like the whole point of Hot Marriage, Cool Parents, which we are changing the name officially to Hanging with the Hainers. But the whole point of the podcast is, well, actually... I would love your opinion on if we should or shouldn't change the name to Hanging with the Hainers. Like we are like 99% there, but I want to give it another week of, I don't know, just hearing your feedback. But needless to say, the whole point is so that we can genuinely, truly connect with you. Like, I mean, this is nothing without you and we're fully aware of that. And so while it's been amazing for therapy for us, not, not, <laughs> you know, no pun intended on this whole thing. Clearly Even it wasn't the, the guests that we have. I mean, yeah, that's, that's it's really been, helped. It's been awesome to be able to connect with the people that you guys have wanted on who we've, who you guys have asked for us to interview and all the mm -hmm. things. A lot of parenting and yeah. relationship stuff we've had. So. But the truth of the matter is, is that we want to be able to connect with you as much as we possibly can. And a lot of times it feels a little one-sided because, you know, we want to give you a shout out and thank you for supporting us with the five-star reviews and on Instagram and all the things, but it's like, but we don't ever get to hear from you necessarily. So then we got this brilliant idea to let you record a voice memo so you can have the chance to be featured on the podcast. And just FYI, we are going to be starting a private membership. And so this will become something that's only for our most loyal girlfriends. And so right now, take advantage of the fact that it's open to just those of you who are on the podcast. And needless to say, the question this week is... From Brie. Hi, Jamie and Doug. This is Brie, a longtime fan from your season one debut. Just curious if the producers ever shared with you what the relationship experts found compatible between the both of you and how they paired you. Just curious because I thought it was such a fascinating social experiment and wondered if they had ever shared with you how they found you compatible and what made you work together. Thank you so much. Okay, Brie. We actually get this question a lot. And this was like the first thing that we wanted to know about each other. Like after I wiped my tears from having my little <laughs> panic attack. <laughs> Did you tell the experts that? Yeah. We would constantly discover similarities like random similarities that we liked. And so like, for example, and this is maybe it's not that random, but it seemed pretty profound at the time that we both, if we got to choose where we wanted a honeymoon, we would choose a little island, a beach, really warm rather than cold. And and Doug and I will say that. And then he goes, did you tell the experts that? <laughs> and it's like, we found these, all these small similarities that we yeah, had. That and was so, kind of like the running joke. Yeah. So we would be like, bit. did you tell the experts that? <laughs> like, did they know? Is that why they paired us together? Yeah. Because we had a lot. We're very, very different people. Obviously, I'm sure that you know that by now. Like, I'm very much an extrovert. And I know that a lot of people would say or assume, I think, that Doug's an extrovert. But he's very much an introvert. Right, Doug? I would say nowadays. Yeah. Like, he used to yeah. be an extrovert. When, yeah. when you were in high school, he was 
but homecoming king and hall of fame and yeah, he never ever misses an opportunity to talk about <clears throat> that. Yep. <laughs> Captain um, of his team. Not everybody gets that. Yeah, but now whenever there's someone around now I'm that we a dad. <laughs> yeah, but even before that, like I would say the most interesting thing about you is that you come off as very very outgoing and gregarious and all these like just very outgoing and extroverted. But the truth of the matter is, is that mm-hmm. in a private setting, you're just very, very sh- kind of shy and like yeah. kind of keep to yourself. And, and I think that a lot yeah, of people true. are shocked by that because when we're on TV and we do the podcast and Instagram and all the things. Yeah. Even when we used to go to like the upfront events and stuff, like I, I, I could turn it on, but I think just, yeah, being comfortable is a little bit more my style now. Yeah. And what's interesting is that we have definitely like kind of worn off on each other. So like when we first got married, he was, I would say very introverted, more really? so, way more so than now. Like you would put on a, you could always hang, you could hang with the best of them. You can go out in a crowd and yeah. but it's like in a private setting where there's like a small group of people, that's oh, where yeah. you become very introverted. And I like, do he would always go and hang with the kids, which honestly was the best quality ever. Cause I was like, wow, he's going to be a great dad one day. <laughs> or I would just look to play cornhole or pool. And yeah. That's so true. Yeah. You always just kind of like hide away with like one or two. I don't know. You just try to take the attention off yourself and you yeah. focus in on like with kids or someone who's not like judging you. It seems like, you know, no one who wants anything from you. And then you don't ever want to stay long. Like you're usually like, okay, we're in, we're out. Like, let's go. And I'm the complete opposite. Like I remember one time, like for every family event, really, I would be like, Doug doesn't drink and I drink and I'd be drinking like a bottle of wine with all the family. She's literally stayed at my brother's house because she wanted to stay and talk and drink and I was just ready to go home. Yeah. I honestly wanted to get to know more about you. Like there were like secrets that I didn't know about the Hayner family. And I was like getting somewhere at getting to it. And then I was like, I have to know because Doug, you are so private. So like I'm super extroverted and And like always, I don't know, but Doug has definitely caused me to realize that like, there's nothing wrong with being a stay at home body, choosing to be comfortable in your own skin and stay home and not have to be entertained or entertaining others, you know, and just like chilling and like not needing anybody else's approval for anything. That's something that you've really taught me. And I think in the flip side, I've kind of helped you come out of your shell a bit, maybe. I would say so. Definitely inspired as far as just the workhorse and and how amazing Jamie is as far as keeping up with family and keeping up with everybody's kids and everything else. And Jamie's drive is unparalleled, or I don't even know if unparalleled is the word. Unparalleled. Just, yeah. Jamie's drive is is unmatched and just her passion for everything that she does is just infectious. And I'm not saying that as an announcer. I really do admire you like a tremendous amount. I love you so Um, much. You really have helped me come out of my shell more emotionally and whatever the word vulnerable means. Uh, I hate saying it because I can't say it. I feel like I pronounce it wrong all the time. (laughs) Um, But just your sense of family also, which, you know, I... I have a great sense of family. I have a family and, and everything else, but Jamie's sense of family is on a whole nother level. And I love that. Well, thanks. I well, There's a lot of reasons, I think, that we were paired. And these questions always end us 
like, I just love hearing from you. And when you ask us these questions, because then we spend like literally 10 minutes talking yeah, about. The we topic. haven't had to answer that question in a long time. Yeah, we really haven't. So it was, it was kind of fun kind of going back there yeah. and like remembering did the experts ask you that? That was like our the number one thing we would always ask each other. Yeah, but also too, and, and I don't know how it is nowadays, the experts never really sat us down and said, we matched you because of this and this and this. I mean, there was very high level type stuff like, like Jamie and I both wanted a family. We both love kids. We both wanted a whole sense of family and to be close with family. Like, all of those things matched up. Plus we also had a whole flashcard deck of, people that they showed us and you would have to rate them like one to five. And I think they only matched people that had those similarities. Plus they rated them like a four or five to show that they were your type. Yeah. Um, but they never sat us down and, and talked about it. Yeah. They never told us exactly why they thought that we would be a great pair, except one thing was that obviously I don't have much of an extent. I don't have much family at all. I have pretty much my siblings and, you know, and of course I have my mom, but she kind of comes in and out of my life and whatnot. And so I was really adamant that I wanted to marry someone who had a big family, like a big, loving, welcoming family. And obviously, Doug, I mean, that's what you get with the Hainers. That's so, right. yeah. So, you got a seat at the Thanksgiving dinner table. And then I also was really adamant about someone who wasn't going to be like snooty or stuck up and I wouldn't be able to bring them home to like my sister's farm. And, you know, <laughs> they like have like deer heads on the wall, which really isn't weird for a lot of people. No. But I was living in Manhattan and this was in the tri-state area. And so city people <laughs> are definitely not familiar with that. And I one of the first days that I, well, I guess one of the first visits up to your family's place I think this might have been after the experiment, but I went up there and they were Adam, which is your sister's husband and his sister went out and they shot a wolf and a bear and they were skinning it for their hide on the front lawn. Yeah. And I looked up on YouTube how to skin a bear so I could help. Yeah. <laughs> while he was skinning the bear. I'll tell you what, the yeah. finance guy that I was dating prior to you, for some reason, I couldn't figure out why he wouldn't fit into my family. Just kidding. <laughs> I could figure it out. I was like, this guy is so great. I mean, he was, his name was Matthew. So the guy I dated right before you, Doug, did you know this? Yeah. His, you did? Okay. His mm -hmm. name was Matthew. He was a really, really, really nice guy. He's going to be a great person for someone, but I just knew he wasn't going to be a great person for me because I could have, I mean, he, you know, everything was designer. I mean, he was very, very wealthy and came from a very wealthy family and it knew just had to be wealthy. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable with wealth. Like I, I don't really like, sh like strive to be wealthy. I'm not trying to have designer everything. I like a designer bag and that's good enough for <laughs> me. Maybe a couple shoes, but like not really. And I just wouldn't have been able to jive. I don't think like I, that's just not who I am. And that's definitely not like my family. They would have probably felt so uncomfortable. And if he would have saw us like my family skinning a deer or a bear or whatever they were hunting, he would have literally passed out. Like there's what? not a chance he would have been able to hang. What kind of car did he drive? We were in Manhattan, so he didn't have a car. He oh. uh, he had a an apartment on the Upper East Side that he owned, but it wasn't like a cool area. Like Chelsea was a way cooler area to live <laughs> in in Manhattan. So he rented his apartment out and lived in the cool and area. Lived in the cool area. Yeah, that's funny. So this guy, his thing was to take a trip, like an exotic trip, not just like any trip, like an exotic trip traveling. I love that. Yeah, no, it was really, really cool. But it's like, I'm a registered nurse. I'm from a trailer park. Like I have never You have exotic animals living in the house with you. <laughs> yeah, like my, the idea of exotic to me is like, 
I don't know. Like literally, I don't know. Like I just, we just didn't have White a whole water rafting. But he was the nicest guy. He was really fun to hang with. And I just knew that he just, I never met his parents. I mean, we didn't really date date. Like, I mean, I never said I love you or anything like that. I didn't right. love him. Although this is, I've never, ever shared this before, but, and I did tell you though, right, Doug, mm-hmm. that he, when, I mean, I told him that I was looking to get married and whatnot and that I signed up for this and we were kind of <laughs> casually dating, you know, like, and so I was like, I signed up for this, you know, if I get a match, I'm definitely doing it. Cause I, that's what, that's is what I want, you know, like I want marriage and I want family. And I was <laughs> so, so wide open about like my baggage really like, and so I was like, if they find me a match, I really think this is going to be the person I'm supposed to be with. I really believe that in my heart for some reason. Like I really trusted in particular, Dr. Pepper. And so anyway, all the I, experts from our season, I trusted. For yeah. Sure. I mean, I did trust them all, but Dr. Pepper, I just felt like she's the one who came to our house, like to my house. And we had like this, just a really real conversation of like how her, I don't know, like just, I felt like she was just very motherly and I, definitely think that I kind of craved that at the time. And I just, I wanted her guidance. Like I wanted her to say, I found someone perfect for you and I'm going to help you, you know, make it work. Like I needed that. And so anyways, I told Matthew, I was like, listen, if this happens, great. If not, then we can keep hanging out, I guess. But, and so then it happened. I got the call that I got a match. And so of course I called Matthew and I was like, Hey, listen, you know, like, that you know, thing yeah, that, that thing, <laughs> yeah, that thing's actually happening. So just, you know, like I'm actually going to get married now. And he was really quiet and hung up. And then, you know, like we hung up and I was like, yeah, so see you, you know, like, let's, like, I would love to say friends, you know, like <laughs> you've been cool, whatever. And then he called me back crying crying telling me that he loves me and he doesn't want to let me go and I was like oh no like this is not like wait a minute like I didn't know that it was that serious like it's not like I met your parents it's not like I invited you home the damage hasn't been done yeah like like I didn't think it was that serious we had been like definitely like dating kind of I don't know it was kind of a mess but like the truth of the story is is that he is gonna be I'm sure maybe he's already married I have no idea he we definitely did not stay friends and he's going to be a great husband to someone someday i never got that the whole friends thing oh how could you yeah, i don't know how could you stay friends well you stayed friends with the girl you lost your virginity to yeah we were like best friends before that but we never we were never really like boyfriend girlfriend it was just a thing like oh you're a virgin and i'm a virgin and we're comfortable with each other so we should do this and then we did it yeah i mean I'm definitely not friends with the person I lost my virginity to. Yeah. But he was also a little crazy. So, which is part of the reason why I had to marry a stranger because he was so <laughs> psycho. I was scared that I would end up in a relationship like that again. But oh. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I guess maybe it, maybe it is the whole friend thing before. Being that's like, even weirder to me. Why? Because that means you have even a stronger relationship. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is about this girl, which I'm not going to say her name mm-hmm. because we're still friends with her. I'm actually, I feel like I'm closer with her now than you are. I talk to her more <laughs> than you do. Like she's actually, she's really, really cool. I'm really, she's awesome. really lucky about, about that. Like I love this girl so much. We're actually hanging out with her soon. But anyways, we wanted to share with you, or at least I wanted to share with you this recording that I made just for you in hopes that maybe it'll help you. I mean, and also I I made it for myself too, so I could like go back and listen (laughs) to it. are you kidding? But honestly, I did. I mean, I recorded it with the mindset to be able to share it with you on the podcast because I really think that we don't have to feel alone in our struggles and we don't have to 
try to be the hero or whatever. Like it's okay to go to therapy. And if maybe you, not everyone can afford it. Not everyone's brave enough and that's okay. So I'll share my, (laughs) I'll share my therapy and my therapist with you. So here it is. Actually, real quick, one of my new favorite sponsors and something that came in immediately after I broke my wedding ring. Yeah. (laughs) I love your wedding band. Yeah. So if you've never heard of Manly Bands, I am giving my personal endorsement. One, you're going to scroll through their entire collection of men's wedding rings. They also have women's wedding rings and promise rings, things like that. But you scroll through, they have the coolest textures. I don't know if anybody had noticed, but I was without a wedding ring for, I would say, two months. And it wasn't because of anything other than me slamming my hand on the ground and the wedding ring breaking completely in half. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I got a cheap one because he lost. Well, first of all, there was like a key ring that he got from Married at First Sight when we got first got married. That's still somewhere, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think. (laughs) And then then I bought him a really nice, fancy one that was way overpriced, I think. Probably for a guy's ring, yeah. Yeah, when we uh, renewed our vows in St. Thomas. And I was like, this is perfect. I love it. And he lost it. So then the third ring that he gets over our our course of seven years of marriage is literally from online. It's like from like a, I don't know, a trinket shop online. And (laughs) it was cheap. I'm not going to lie. And you know, you get what you pay for in life. And yeah, like Doug somehow broke it right in half. Right. So, but anyway, and everybody, I mean, for the better part of your lives, people fantasize about the perfect wedding ring, clarity, carrot, whatever the C words are, you know, and not many jewelry stores clearly think the same thing where you don't really get to customize your style, your person, what you want. And that's exactly where Manly Bands comes from. So they're here to offer your hands the freedom to look how you want. So this company, Manly Bands, they offer you the freedom to choose and make your style your own for your wedding ring. Now, one of the coolest parts about it, though, is I chose my wedding ring, which was the DJ. So it's a black wedding ring. I think it's tungsten. It has a little light blue ring around it. I also got the World Series ring, so it has the Yankees emblem on it. Now, within a day and a half, two days, three days, they send you a package and it's a ring sizer. So you get a whole ring sizer, you measure your ring, you get a link to go add your ring size to the website, and then they make it for you. I mean, it is unbelievably simple. It gives you the freedom to choose in your own home. And the ring sizer that they send you, it really does ensure that your ring will fit perfectly during work and place. You can take it off a key ring. You can wear it for a day, see if it slips off or see if it's the right size. And that's really where the fun begins because they have an insane selection of materials, whether it's gold, wood, antler, steel, dinosaur bone. They even have meteorites that are in them. So my personal favorite is the curated collection, especially the Jack Daniels whiskey barrel collection. I mean, for me to be able to pick and choose my own ring, my own style, the names are amazingly cool. I even had a question to ask their customer support team. I emailed them. They emailed me right back. So really cool company. So much fun. Manly Bands, they offer free shipping worldwide and a 30-day exchange policy and a free warranty. So While there might be a 50% chance that your marriage will actually work out, there's a 100% chance that you're going to love your wedding band. So to order your Manly Band and get 21% off plus a free silicone ring, you can go to manlybands.com slash hotmarriage. That's manlybands.com slash hotmarriage for 21% off. 
M-A-N-L-Y-B-A-N-D-S.com slash hot marriage, the best damn rings, period. Anyone who listens to the podcast regularly knows that I started seeing my own personal therapist. I mean, Jamie really pushed for this. We have a couples therapist. She sees a therapist. And to be completely honest, I didn't really see a need for it at first. I don't really have negative thoughts or harming myself or, you know, too depressed. And to be honest, I had depression in the past and just kind of dealt with it. But after our session, I really did feel much more at ease and... I honestly see therapy now as just something that helps me show up, be the best husband, be the best father that I can be. And, you know, relatively middle-aged white males have the highest rate of suicide, accounting for nearly 70% of deaths by suicide in 2019, according to the CDC, which is crazy. But, you know, it's not only middle-aged white males, it's older adults, generally having higher rates in suicide than adolescents and younger adults. But, you know, unfortunately, I I can't say these statistics are shocking. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. for all ages. And it's estimated that one in five Americans do have a mental illness and about 20.9 million American adults have a mood disorder. And it's so important to talk about these topics and to normalize seeking therapy. It can definitely be hard talking about mental health and suicide, but when we speak up, we can save lives, which is why I'm so happy to be talking about the DBS Alliance this week, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, which provides free support groups, wellness tools, and inspirational stories to help guide you or your loved one on a path to holistic mental health wellness. So to learn more about how you can start conversations about mental health and suicide in your community, visit dbsalliance.org backslash suicide dash prevention. So again, to learn more about how you can start conversations about mental health and suicide in your community, visit dbsalliance.org backslash suicide dash prevention. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, let's get back to it. I'm literally sitting in my car and I just got off the phone with a couple's therapist and, you know, I had to go get a COVID test before like my flight out to LA to shoot Married at First Sight Unfiltered this weekend. So by the time you hear this, I'll probably be in LA, but we always record our podcasts early because otherwise we wouldn't have any time to edit them and whatnot. We do try to make them sound as professional as possible, even though I'm literally sitting in my car <laughs> in a parking lot and... I feel like just that's just been our life. We've just been go, 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 go. And we obviously reached like a breaking point 
a release I definitely did personally, like just this breaking point where I've just felt so, I don't know, like just so miserable. And like, I know that I have no, like I would say to myself, I have no good reason to feel this way. I don't want to be whiny or complain because I grew up in an effing trailer with no heat, no electricity, like scrounging for food and money. And so I am fully aware that I have a very nice life. Like some people might even say that I like live the American dream or whatever. And I'm like, I don't really know what the American dream is, but like I definitely live a very comfortable life. I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about I don't live paycheck to paycheck anymore. Like my kids all have clothes and shoes. And like, I mean, I remember my mom would literally go and like try to get, I mean, we couldn't even get like new school clothes because she doesn't have enough money. And so it would be so exciting if our, my, my cousin was a little bit older and she would give us her hand-me-downs. And that was like the most amazing thing. But anyways, so needless to say, I, what I realized is like, and this is so profound in the sense that like, I really wanted to talk about it before I forgot about it, was that I'm not even sure if I'm going to share this on the podcast or not, because it's so vulnerable and personal. But like, I think that it could be so helpful to so many other women in particular, because we tend to be people pleasers. We tend to put ourselves last. We tend to feel like heroes and selfless if like we don't shower all day and barely brush our teeth because we've gone from one kid to the next and our husband and the house and work and all the things. And it's like, I really did get a sense of pride and joy by by putting myself last and by just making sure that everybody else was happy in in my life. And I would just like let my needs go to the wayside. And I felt like I don't want to say like a hero, but like, I don't know what, all the, what else to say. Like I felt like important and needed and helpful to others. And I think it is like almost like a hero syndrome. Like when my siblings needed, I mean, and this goes back, I think, to like when I had custody of my sisters. So my mom, as many of you know, had struggles with drug dependency and she was a, you know, a drug addict and she left us. And so I ended up gaining custody of my siblings when I was a freshman in college. And being a teenager, taking care of my siblings, I did get this feeling of being needed. And it felt really, really good to me because my whole life, I was tossed around. Like, And I wasn't the only one. I mean, all of us kids were just kind of tossed around. Like, I live with my mom's friend. I live with my mom's ex-boyfriend at one point. I lived with the neighbor. No joke. I lived with this guy who lived up the road for a very brief period of time. It was like, I don't know, a couple, three months or so. I don't know how long it was. I mean, I was just tossed around. And so I never felt needed or wanted or even really loved, even though I knew in my head and in my heart that my mom loved me. I didn't feel it. And so I have always tried to do things that made people proud to make them like I've always tried to to like make them feel like they need me or that they love me or that I'm important to them. And I've, I've always felt like if I don't do something and if I don't prove that, that maybe they won't know that or maybe they won't need me or love me or want me. And I'm telling you, I know that I've been like talking about it a lot about therapy and whatnot, but man, it is really, really helpful if you have the right person because it's kind of like dating. I've gone through some therapists that they were okay, but like when you get the right one, 
it's just a whole different game level. And so this one that we have is just so helpful. And essentially what she said was that I have never learned how to set boundaries. And it's come to now where I've, I've spent my whole life kind of like bending and breaking and, you know, just stretching myself so thin to try to make other people happy with the actions that I, that I choose to make for them by like putting myself last. And that doesn't include just my kids or my husband. It, I mean, it's literally everybody in my life. Like I will stretch myself so thin to make sure that everyone knows that I love them, that I care about them, that I'm there for them, that I'll, I'll drop everything for them. And that might sound so selfless and so, I don't know, like heroic and so the dependable and like a great person. And, but the truth of the matter is, is that And that's the reason that I've always done it. Like, let me just rephrase this. The whole reason that I've always done this is because I wanted to be countable. I wanted to be like, I want people to love me and to know that they could count on me. I will always be there for them and I will. But the truth of the matter is, is that I have been putting myself last for so long thinking that that was the best thing to do. And that's how I was going to get all the love and how I was going to feel good about myself. But that feeling only lasts for so long because it only lasts as long as the person who you're breaking your back for tells you that that they're happy with you. And then you have to, you know, you have to break your back more and more and more to continue to get them to tell you how much they love you when really the truth of the matter is, is they can still love you and you can still be there for them while simultaneously loving yourself and setting boundaries for yourself. And it's going to be really uncomfortable for the people who are used to you literally bending over backwards for them. But they will understand that the, the ones who really love you and are there for you, they will understand that you need to do this for you and it's okay. And it doesn't make you selfish or not as strong of a family member or whatever the case may be. And the reason that I've even, I guess, have come to the point of realization for this or that I'm even entertaining this idea of setting boundaries and learning to say no and all, because I honestly never even cared to do that before. I've always felt fine the way that I've lived my life. I've always been really happy with knowing that I'm caring for others, that they they know they can count on me. Like it's always made me feel good. But the truth of the matter is, is that after I had Hendrix, like my whole, my whole world has been turned upside down. Like having two is just so incredibly difficult in the sense that when it was just Henley and Doug and I, it was so much easier to maintain this lifestyle because it was, I mean, it was still difficult. It was still hard. I still had hard moments. But then when I had two, it was like, well, now it was just like, I don't know why. It was like kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And maybe it was on top of the fact that we were living through a pandemic. And I think for sure I had, I still have like terrible hormonal imbalances, but like that whole time I never had a therapist or anyone to talk to. And so what was happening to me that I've discovered is that I continued to like spread myself super thin, trying to get the love and acceptance of others by proving that I love them and accept them consistently by like doing anything that they ask for essentially. And what happened was that I not only started putting myself last, but I also kind of started putting my kids and my husband, not entirely, you know, because of course they were always there. But what I mean is like, of course I was there and I nursed my son and I was always there whenever he needed me. But like, I wasn't 
present enough. And I don't, and I'm not beating myself up. I'm just like thinking about this from a really realistic standpoint because my whole goal in life, truly since I was a kid, was I just wanted to be a nurturing mom. And I, honestly, I think it's because I wanted, I wanted someone to love me no matter what, you know? And I, and I felt like if I had my own kids, they would love me no matter what, but I can also love them no matter what and know that they'll never leave me. And I just felt I'll never have that with anybody other than my own children. And that's definitely probably why I want so many kids because I'm like, well, I don't have anybody else I can count on, but I can, I can raise my own, my own family. Like I don't have family. And so anyways, needless to say, what I've discovered is that by having no boundaries and by constantly stretching myself to make sure that I make, you know, I say yes to all the people who ask things of me to prove that I love them and accept them and will be there for them in hopes that they'll love me and accept me and be there for me. Well, first of all, it's caused me to have resentment towards those people because they will continue to ask for all the things, of course, because you always say yes and you never complain and you seem to do it with a happy heart. And I do do it with a happy heart. But the truth of the matter is, is that I have now stretched myself so thin by my own fault, it is no one's fault but my own, that I have started almost resenting people who are asking me to change my plans, for example, so that I can meet their needs. And like, they don't even know it because doesn't seem like an issue to them. And the people who are suffering the most, I don't know if this is making sense to you or not. And obviously I just got off a therapy call. So I'm just kind of like trying to just, I don't know, like release it. But for myself, most importantly, like remember what I just discussed and learned and whatnot. Because what I've learned is that by me having no boundaries, I am allowing other people to stretch me thin. And then I start to resent them and they have no idea and then I continue to just, this cycle just continues and continues and continues to the point where now I have, like it's spiraled, spiraled out of control. I, I feel like I have no control over my own life. I feel like I'm letting people down if I am not able to be there. But now everyone has all these expectations of me because I've cleared that path for them to have those expectations of me because I've never set any boundaries. And so needless to say, to wrap this up essentially for myself. And if I do share this on the podcast, you know, for you listening, essentially what I really want to say and remember from this therapy session is that it is okay to have boundaries. And as a matter of fact, it is going to serve your family. And of course it's going to serve you better, but it's also going to serve your family better and your loved ones and your friends because you won't resent them by constantly putting yourself last. And by the end of the day, feeling like, you got nothing out of the day, but you gave, 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 gave. Like you can only do that for so long before you truly start to resent the people who are constantly asking things of you. And who you're going to start resenting first are your own children and your husband or your partner because they're the closest to you and they're the ones inevitably that are asking the most of you. And those are the people that you don't want to resent. You know, like you know in your heart you love them so much you don't want to resent them. And that's like this realization that I've had. And so, and needless to say, the flip side of that is that you only get so much time with your children. Of course, we all know that they grow so freaking fast. And it's like, you're going to say yes to a friend about a party when you haven't been able to spend any time with your own kid because you're scared that your friend will feel like you don't care about them as much. But like, what about your kid? What about 
what they think and see and feel. And you think, oh, I can just spend more time with them later. But then someone else asks you for a favor and you're like, okay, I'll do that real fast. And you know, I'll see my kid. And this is what's happened in my life anyways. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like that friend is going to be a good friend if you cancel. And if they're not, if they don't understand, then they're not a good friend and that's okay. And that's really, really hard, especially for me right now, like even in my own breath talking about this, because I don't want to lose the little bit of friends that I do have or like family. I don't want them to think that I don't love them and care about them as much, like extended family, I mean, like sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, my own siblings. But the truth of the matter is, is that I have really spread myself so thin that I have I've almost like put my own family on the back burner. And the problem with that is that that is exactly what my mom did to us. So my mom obviously spread herself thin. She had five kids. She was beaten up by my stepdad countless times. He was, the cops were always being called and he was being, you know, they'd break up the fight and then he would be thrown in jail. Then my mom would take him back and, you know, and us kids would just like beg her not to take him back because we knew he would just beat her up again. And we always, I don't know, like we just, we just didn't feel, I didn't feel safe with my stepdad ever. I really didn't enjoy him at our house ever because he just didn't enjoy us kids, I guess. So anyways, you know, my mom obviously didn't have a, like a support system at all. She had no, no family was like, Hey, let me help you. So the problem with that is that she ended up turning to drugs for her coping mechanism and for her support. And obviously the problem with that is that she just like neglected her family, her own kids, and she left us behind to to fend for ourselves. And what I've realized in my own, my very own life, as much as I don't want to be like my mother, I'm almost becoming her because she would choose to make her friends happy and just kind of put our needs aside. Like for, for example, I remember I was at, it was a school night and we didn't have a door on my bedroom and it was connected to like the, it wasn't really supposed to be a bedroom. It was supposed to be like a formal dining room, but there was enough bedrooms. There was only two bedrooms and there was five of us kids and my mom. So she made it a bedroom, but it didn't have a door. And so needless to say that I could see, I mean, and it was connected to the kitchen, which is where we had a table and they were playing, her and her friends were drinking, playing cards. God knows what drugs were going on. I have no idea. But I remember saying, can you please quiet down? Cause I'm trying to go to sleep because I have school in the morning. And my mom said, roll over and close your eyes, like knock it off. You know, like, like I was, like I was bothering her. And I don't think my mom, my mom's not a bad person. So I don't think maybe she didn't, wasn't aware. I don't know that like, that was so rude and hurtful to me, but Needless to say, she put her own kids on the back burner to make her friends happy and to feel fulfilled by her friends. And I don't know that she even did that like cognizantly, but like what I realize in myself is that I'm saying yes. And, I, and I'm fully, I mean, I'm so aware of trying to be a great mom. I would never tell my kids, you know, roll over. And, you know, I would never do that. But what I'm saying is that as I say yes so much to so many other people in my life, that maybe I don't get to spend enough quality time with my kids or I push that aside thinking I can do it a little bit later, but then there's always another person that has another need that then I say yes to. And so I'm constantly pushing it aside. I think if Doug was on here, he'd be like, come on, Jamie, like, don't be so hard on yourself. So the truth of the matter is, of course, I'm fully aware of that. And I try really hard not to do that, but it does happen. And like, I, I don't want to pretend like it doesn't. And so I just realized that if I set boundaries First of all, I will probably have more sanity in my own brain, even though I feel like I'm 
might not be pleasing someone else and getting their love and acceptance, well, you know, maybe I'll be pleasing myself. And like, that sounds like something I've never really heard of before. And I really want to get to doing. And also, I'm going to know in my heart that when I say no, it's because I, my children and my husband come first in my life. Just like my friend's children and her husband come first in her life, or my sister's husband and her children comes first in her life, or my sister-in-law's husband and her children come first in her life, it's okay for me to hold these boundaries that others easily hold for themselves. You know, like it's okay. There will still be time for me to, to love them and support them and be there for them. But I deserve and my children and my husband deserve for me to love and support them and, and be there for them first, just like, you know, any other cohesive family does. I don't know if this is like rambling. It feels like rambling, but it's like so therapeutic for me to like, to like talk this out and to just realize that it really is okay to set boundaries and to say no. And it doesn't mean that you don't love somebody. And it really is okay to say, you know what? I can't commit to that because I just, need a day to like be with my family or to even say to my to my husband, Doug, can you take the kids for a couple hours so I can shower, brush my teeth, maybe shave my legs? <laughs> like never I feel like I don't I literally don't even really wash my face the way that I used to or like use the like I'm try to, but like it's like I think that I have no time for it when really it takes five minutes. Like just take the five minutes for yourself and maybe you'll feel better about yourself. So then when you're with your family you're going to feel great. I don't know. I know that's a lot of rambling on, but my goal is that it helps someone out there who's also kind of stuck in this rut of just feeling just so depleted. Like I have felt so utterly depleted and alone and isolated. And to be very honest, like not loved and not needed, even though I know that sounds absolutely like asinine and bizarre. I've felt many, many times, like the only reason why people necessarily care for me is for the things that I can do for them or what I give to them, not because they just genuinely love me and care for me. And so I don't necessarily mean obviously my kids or my husband, because of course they love me, but like, I don't feel loved by my husband. As a matter of fact, I feel like I annoy him so much by just breathing. <laughs> and so that's obviously why we're in couples therapy and and trying to work this out and of course I know I mean and that's a, that goes back to like my desire to be a mom because I know my kids love me oh my god I know my kids love me so much no matter what I give them no matter how little I give them how little I spend time with them they really do love me and I knew that in my heart because I love my mom like that so I wanted that but I don't want to destroy my children or have them grow up with some sort of uh I don't know like some sort of anxiety the way that I have or some sort of like bad feeling or I don't know. Like I just want to do the best that I can for my children. And what I realize is that if I if truly, and I know this sounds so cliche and almost like you hear it all the time, but it's true. I'm beginning to see that it's really, truly true. By taking care of yourself, and you can't just say taking care of yourself like showering and like making yourself look pretty. It's not, it goes way more than that. It goes setting boundaries and allowing yourself to have time off and allowing yourself to say no because it doesn't fit into your schedule and things of that nature. By taking care of yourself holistically, you are then able to take care of and love and nurture everybody in your life, including your own children and your husband, far, far, far more. And it took me reaching 
my absolute rock bottom breaking point, having many, many nights feeling like I could just commit suicide and being like, oh my God, how am I even thinking like that? Like, I know that's unreasonable and I would never do that, but God, it does, it would feel nice to have a little break. Like, it took all these thoughts and feelings over the past like year and a half, really, for me to realize that, like, and well, then, and to be quite frank, it took a great therapist for me to realize that. I have been putting myself last trying to be almost like a hero, like trying to be everyone something so that I could feel loved and important and needed. And what's happened is that I've obviously put myself last. And so I've stretched myself so thin that I'm really not good for anybody, including myself. And the only way to correct that problem is to actually put myself first and my family first and set boundaries. And that's okay because that's what healthy people do. And that's, it doesn't make you selfish. And oh my God, it took me such a long time to realize this. And I know that this has been like a full rambling sesh, but like, I hope and pray in my heart that by me just being so transparent and sharing this, that it helps even just one person, but my goal is that it helps many. So you, as you know, we had Lisa Bilyeu on the podcast last week and she was like, you don't have to say your goal is to help one person if you know that your goal is to help many. And the truth of the matter is my goal is to help many. I mean, I will be happy if it helps just one person, but man, like I share an awful lot of my insides with, with the whole world. And to think that it only helps one would be, I mean, I don't actually, I really would be happy if it just helped one to be very, very honest. But my goal is that it does help so many more because I know I cannot be the only one struggling like this. Like, I mean, I know my mom, if like my own mother had heard, hey, listen, it's okay to put your needs first and to say no to somebody. Maybe my mom wouldn't have chosen drugs and like boyfriends who didn't even really care about her, who beat her up and left her. You know, maybe if she, you know, said no to these people who she thought she was pleasing maybe she would have said yes to her kids and and she would have found true unconditional love in her children rather than trying to find it in men or friends who do drugs and random people who, I mean, made her feel good for a minute. Anyways, needless to say, I really feel like I'm finally like, like the dark clouds in my life are like kind of starting to part. I feel like I could cry because I have felt so lost, alone, and isolated and just like a absolute lack for better words, like psycho. Like I felt, I felt psychotic and I'm like, am I, I know that like, I don't say that term lightly. Like I have felt so close to psychotic at points in my life and just not like myself for so long. And I just didn't know how to get back there. And I would have never, ever, ever, ever thought, I mean, I've tried changing my diet. I've tried working out, but the truth of the matter is I've never really stuck to it because I've been so lonely and depressed and isolated. And I haven't felt like supported or loved by my husband because he also doesn't feel supported or loved by me because we don't understand each other. And the truth of the matter is, is if I had known that maybe by setting some boundaries and saying no to some people and just allowing myself to say yes to myself and not feel selfish about it, maybe I wouldn't have gotten this far deep into the, the guts. And so my hope is that this really, really does help someone else who's maybe, maybe it'll help someone else avoid like feeling like for a lack of better words. And honestly, I'm not saying it lightly, but it'll help another woman feel less psychotic. Maybe you have to set some boundaries and know that it's not selfish to say, 
hey, listen, I'm actually not able to meet you for dinner or I'm not able to help you with that because I got to be home for my family or I've got, I just don't have time. Like, and that's the other thing that I've learned too, is that you can say, I'm so sorry, I'm not able to help you. End of story. You can say, oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm not able to. Maybe next time or something like that. And you don't have to give an explanation. You know, like you don't owe anybody that. So I actually... I don't know. I have a lot more to learn and to do, but I really wanted to share this because, you know, in case you don't have a therapist or in case you can't afford one, I don't know. I just hope that helps someone listening. All right, guys. And now that I've shared literally my blood, yes, everything with you, I feel like I'm laying naked next to you right now. (laughs) If you're not already subscribed, please do subscribe. And also please give us the five-star review because we love giving you a shout out. And let us know what you want to hear on Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Yeah, which we are maybe changing to hanging with the Hainers. Yeah. But anyway, you can visit us on Instagram, any of our handles, Doug Hainer, Hot Marriage Cool Parents, or Jamie and Otis. Or hanging with Hainers will be the new Instagram. Yeah. So that too. All right. And we will be back next week for a really fun, lighthearted chat. So if you're up for picking questions, this or that, and just the fun game of marriage, we're trying to like enjoy our marriage and each other a little bit more. And get to know each other. Yeah. Our therapist says that it's really important for us to actually have fun together. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting thought? Oh, <laughs> sounds like so much work. Yeah. So next week, we're going to have a really fun game. So I hope you brace yourself. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.